Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Psalms 151 through 6. Praise the Lord. Everyone say, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Your turn. Praise him with his mighty heavens. In his mighty heavens, say it. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Now say this last one with all of your heart. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything. How many of you can play an instrument? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can play an instrument. Okay, keep them up high. Haley, take a look at all of these real quick. Uh, I'm just playing with you. The rest of you who can't play an instrument to save your life, raise your hand. Guess what? In this scripture, God levels a playing field. And he says, play every instrument. And in the last verse... He concludes and he says, and if you can't play an instrument, he said, let everything that hath breath praise God. In other words, your words that come out of your mouth are equivalent to any instrument you can praise in the eyes of God. And when you open up your mouth and begin to praise him, it's the response that any instrument player that would have gotten from God, any person And can I tell you, you don't have a tambourine, but you've got these right here. You can't play the drums, but you can play this right here. You don't know how to do the flute. It doesn't matter. You've got your mouth right here. It's a melody, and that means that when you open your mouth to him, it's like a song, no matter how bad. I know some of you think you you got it. I know I've heard it before. I can sing. Here's the mic. It's like a bad episode of American Idol when it was. No offense. Some of you weren't made for it. That's okay. You got to sing solo. Solo, nobody can hear you. Tenor. Ten or 15 miles away. And that's okay. may not be your thing. But if you got a voice... It doesn't matter. It is your thing. Do you have a breath here this Sunday morning? Do you have breath? Then let everything that have breath praise him right now. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him for a moment. Praise him. Praise him. He said it's a melody. He said it's his favorite song. It's his favorite song. Bless your name, Jesus. Amen. Turn around to somebody and tell them your praise will win your battles for you. 
And after you've done that, you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. High five somebody, by the way. Just give them a high five and tell them, man, I love this church. Thank you. Didn't the worship team do a great job? They always do. And our young men, how many of you were here on Wednesday night? Caleb Slavic did a fabulous job on, on being intentional. I, I love this church because we give people a chance to grow. And God wants to grow and change your life. It's so good to be in that kind of a house. Um, everyone say praise. praise. Praise is very essential. Praise is very essential. I want you to close your eyes and take a deep breath. Not just one, but two. And breathe out real slow. Take a deep breath. Breathing is an important part, doctors would tell you, in, in the place when it comes to stress. Breathing, is, breathing, as you continue breathing, let me just talk to you. Continue to breathe. See, some of you haven't really started, haven't really slowed down to take some breaths. You hold your breath too long. When you're under stress, you start thinking, recognize when you start holding your breath, you don't breathe. That's why you get stress and anxiety. But when you take a deep breath, that oxygen begins to move through your body. It begins to go to your brain. The body responds to stressful situations, and the heartbeat does according to your breathing. And when you breathe properly, and you breathe calmly, and you breathe under tremendous amounts of stress when your body wants to go haywire, your breathing will regulate it and keep you at bay. Now, that's physical. But the reason why God, I believe, said everything that hath breath and related to breath is because praise is a fresh wind. Praise is like oxygen to your spirit man. Under extreme pressure and circumstances, when you praise him, when you open your mouth to praise him, your spirit man is calm. There's peace. Peace is given during times of extreme warfare, battle, stress, problems, anxiety. Peace, when you have peace in the battle of life, it's a prelude to letting you know that the battle is won, that everything is going to turn out for your good, that God is with you. How many of you just look and search for the peace of God in your life? I need to have the peace of God. Before I make a decision, I have to have what about it? The same thing you have to have. We have to have peace. Am I right? Have you ever been asked by someone, are you going to do this? And you reply to them, I, I just haven't felt a peace about it. Praise brings peace. Praise brings strength. Because praise brings God. The scripture says God inhabits the what? God inhabits the praises of his people. Inhabit is the word that we look for. When God says, I inhabit, that means that God says, I want to live there. You understand? A habitation. Habitation. A habitation 
It's not just a resting place for someone. A habitation is a place where someone lives and wants to dwell there and make their life there. God says, the place in your life I want to live is in your praise. It's in your praise. Praise is the wind in your sails. It's equal is a breath of fresh air. It's what causes your spirit to flow in the right direction, like a strong, currented river. Is that a word? doesn't matter. I just made it up. It also was one of David's strongest and best weapons in his arsenal. David was a worshiper, but David was also a praiser. David didn't care who saw him praise God. He didn't care. This is one of the attributes that a praiser has to have is no fear. No fear. If, listen, what, what's, what's funny about that in the church world is that some people don't want to go to church and raise their hands because they're afraid someone's going to look funny at them, weird at them. But this is where you're supposed to do those things. And the truth is, it should be the opposite. Not in a judgmental way, but you should feel weird if you don't do it in God's house, right? But this is an atmosphere where you can do that and feel comfortable with that. But in, outside these church walls, it needs to be relevant to us no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, no matter what is happening and we got to become like David. David was a warrior. In fact, David was supposed to build the temple, but he couldn't build the temple. One of the reasons why is because God told David that you're a man of bloodshed. You shed too much blood because David won so many battles. So Solomon's going to build the temple. I'm going to have him do that, but David played an intricate part in that process. He gave Solomon the ability to have peace so he can build. He gave David the David gave Solomon the ability to have enough resources to supply to him from all the territories that he had conquered. So spiritual warfare and when you when you win is when God wins. After the battle is won in your life, that's when resources come. That's when peace is given to you, so you can have joy. You can build, prosper. But peace comes when you've allowed God to inhabit your praise, which leads to a victory in your life. A lot of the reasons why most people can't get ahead is because the enemy is constantly making them get behind. Constantly getting behind. Financially getting behind. Relationally getting behind. You're, you make two steps, you know, one step forward, two steps back every single time. Every time you feel like you're getting ahead. If you find a, a pattern in your relationships or a pattern in your finances or a pattern in your career, where you are constantly doing your best to get ahead and you, you get, gain a little yardage, 
then all of a sudden it seems like on a routine you see yourself going back or something happens and the deal doesn't go through. The relationship blew up again. It is because we are doing it our way. And instead of letting God inhabit our life to prepare the way, to make a way, to have your back, to have your front, to have your right, to have your left all around you, to make sure that wherever you go, you're going to prosper and whatever you knock down stays down. That requires God and his angels, his word. And so when David understood this, David understood it to a full degree of knowing what the position of an armor bearer was and the position of a general was and the position of a king. He knew it at every level because he became a, even before his armor bearer days, he became a worshiper, a praiser by coming to his leader, playing an instrument and watching that troublesome spirit come on Saul, leave Saul because he played skillfully. He played unto the Lord. If he was entertaining people, he would have entertained people. But see, he worshiped God, and God removed the spirit. Big difference, big difference. If you'd like to know what distinguishes, now, let me, I'm not going to go there. You want me to go there? Okay, I'll go there, but let me say this before I go there. <laughs> I pray for every church in this city. I pray for every pastor in this city. I pray for every one of them. But, and I don't think we're better than anybody else, to be quite honest with you. I think there are better pastors in this city than me. And, and, and I have a respect for every one of them. Okay, so the reason why every church is different it's because some are geared for entertaining the people. Others are geared for entertaining God. Don't misunderstand me. I say that to these guys because and this is where the worship team is sitting. Because every time you step up here, I'm going to preach to you just for one moment. Just, for, just give me one moment. Every time all of you get up here, you're not here to entertain people. You're here to entertain God. Every time you strum that guitar, every time you tickle those keys, every time you lift your voice, it's for Jesus, in Jesus' name, for his purpose. Anytime you jump up and down, anytime you shout, it's not because of the people, it's because of Jesus. And through praise, intimate praise, sincere praise, real praise. You're going to feel a real presence of God come into the atmosphere. I, I can't talk to you like I'm going to entertain you. I can't speak to you with proper linguistics and proper uh, oratory skills all the time. I got to get messy and be real, be unorthodox and just mess up my grammar just so I can get it right sometimes because what I'm feeling in my spirit is, feeling, is a feeling of urgency because there are people in this world that are losing battles, that are constantly getting behind when that's not God's will, when you have the undisputed, undefeated Prince of Peace, King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords in your life. He wants you to win every one of your battles. 
Somebody praise him right now and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you understand where I'm coming from, right? Raise your hand if you understand. Where, what I, I mean, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? That's all I'm asking. Okay? Okay. David knew that praise brought a constant flow. Everyone say constant flow. Praise brought a constant flow through his heart. It was what he did that preceded the Ark of the Covenant when he brought it back from the captivity of the Philistines. When he saw the house of Obadiah being blessed, when God's Ark was in his house, it provoked him. It provoked him when God's presence was in Obadiah's house. If you know the story, read the book. In that house, when they were afraid to bring it into Israel because they transported it from the Philistines to Israel using the wrong method on the back of an ox cart, when God told them specifically, going back to the book, he said, if you're going to carry my presence, you let the priest carry it with the rods, put it on their shoulders, let them walk it in right. And one of them laid his hands on God's ark and that lost that the life was lost and everyone was fearful so david being the man that he was did some research he did some research and i'm going to tell all of you please don't just come and listen to my sermons go to the app get the notes go home research it follow through with it we want you to because we don't want you just to be a group of people that are just going to walk like Pastor Bobby said to do some praise. <laughs> he told me yesterday, I can't speak Spanish. He told me yesterday, Pastor Bobby said to pay your tithe. I mean, listen, that's not what this church is about. We don't want you to follow through blindly. You have to understand that you're doing everything for the glory and the praise and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not doing it because I'm telling you. I'm just repeating the Bible. I'm trying to expand on the Bible. I'm trying to tell you what the creator of heaven and earth is trying to tell us through the life of David. If you'll learn how to properly carry his presence, there's going to be a blessing in your family. There's going to be a shadow of his wings for protection over your family. And when David brought it back in, the scripture says that when David finally got it, every so often he would stop and he would praise all the way through. He would praise God. He was dancing with all of his heart, all of his might. Now, I would do that for you right now, but I don't want to show off. Yeah? I don't want you guys to get jealous because I got some moves. That's not the real reason why. And Michael looked at David. Looked at David. You know the story, right? Look at David. What a stupid. They said, that's Latino. What a stupid. David, she was embarrassed. But David said, I don't care because I found the secret. 
And he was so happy because he was praising God, preceding God with praise as they entered into back to Israel into his proper restoration was the recipe for them living again under the blessings of God. Are you ready? Before you see God inhabit your family, you have to be the one to lead them in praise. If you want your family to be blessed, be an unapologetic, an, if you will, non, a not, not embarrassed to praise him kind of Christian. I love it when somebody shocks me in public and I hear something good happens or something great happens or something, they get a discount even at the store and you hear somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, ho, ho, shahata. Right? Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about that. I love it. That tells me where their heart is. Not that I'm the big judge or, you know, not that it matters for me, but it encourages me because I ought to be giving God praise every good step of the way in my life. And, and I need to give God some praise even when things aren't going right because I know he's going to turn it around for my good. So I'm excited about that too. So, so listen, so I'm going to do what David said and he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody say praise God. <laughs> Always in my mouth. Michael, you can't shut me up because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the kingdom. I'm doing it for the family, by the way. You will benefit from it, but if you mock me, you're not going to receive what everyone else will. I'm telling you. That may sound kind of judgmental, but it's the fact. Just so God can prove to somebody that praise works. It works, folks. I'm telling you, it works. So, so here, here's the dilemma in the church. Hosea 4 and 6, Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest too, is what he told Israel. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. I don't want that in my life. I'm just telling you, I ain't going to forget God. I got to tell you right now, I could praise him all day long because I don't deserve to be up here. I don't, I never forgotten. <laughs> you remember that old song, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Come on, play the tambourine. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. Oh, never. Oh, I don't want to forget what you've done for me. You know the song, right? I can remember right now 
I can think about it right now, and I understand right now. I know I don't deserve to be here, but he covered me with his blood. He saved my marriage. He saved my children. He saved, and he's going to continue to do so. And my grandchildren, I ain't got any grandchildren yet, but I'm going to have grandchildren in Jesus' name. And I'm going to continue to praise him, and they're going to be blessed too. And they're going to walk in blessings also. But I learned the secret a long time ago. you got to praise him no matter what, no matter where, despite the circumstances. You have to learn to praise him regardless of what you're going through. I wish somebody would get bold right now and just praise him. Just praise him. Contrary to your circumstances, praise him. If you've got a sickness, praise him for being a healer. If you're going through poverty, praise him for being a provider. If you're going through confusion, praise him for being a peace keeper in your life. Give the Lord a hand crap. Come on. Why are you yelling, Pastor Bobby? You yelled at the football game this past week. Why are you yelling, Pastor? I'm a praiser, man. I know, I know. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? You couldn't catch that pass? No different than what I just did right now. I said my heart was geared towards praise because my God caught my pass. Or I caught his word because my God brought me to the first and ten. My God brings me into the infield. Is that, is that even a term? It don't matter. It's my game, my sermon. <laughs> don't matter. I found that out a long time ago. It don't matter. Point number one, and the only point I'm going to leave with you today is this, and I want you to remember this. Praise is a lifestyle. Praise is a lifestyle. Someone say lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's something you have to do. I, I, would, equivalent, I would make that equivalent to to like uh, dieting, right? Uh, it's certainly not my subject right now. But I have lost 26 pounds despite the five times I fell off my bike. Uh, I really didn't need to say that, but you know, if you don't honk your horn, they never see you coming, so. <sighs> these pants aren't painted on, they're just working in right now. I'm just, remember I haven't worn these in a month. I haven't worn this shirt in two months, so let me celebrate, okay? <laughs> and if you see me riding bike around town, don't be embarrassed. Tell everybody that's my pastor. <laughs> like a circus bear riding through Victoria, but that's okay. <laughs> Praise is a lifestyle. That means I do it all the time. That means I wake up, it's a lifestyle. That means I, I, uh, it's like a diet. Let's go back to dieting. You know, the best thing that I've been giving advice on when it comes to dieting is stop calling it a diet. Start making it a lifestyle, right? So you just take some things out. And that's what it really boils down to, changing a lifestyle of eating habits. So, so, you know, personally, let me just be personal with you, okay? I'm trying my best to take some things out of my, li my life. You know, I had to say goodbye to Thresh Letches for a while. <laughs> it was a very, very hard breakup, but it happened. I had to say goodbye and wave goodbye to Cheesecake for, 
I'm still holding on to tortillas, but trying to transfer the corn. <laughs> it's almost there. But if it's about taking stuff out, so this is what I recognize. I recognize during praise, it's about getting rid of negative words. That's the lifestyle. How do you live a lifestyle? By taking out some things. More than it is anything else. Apparently, my mama taught me one time, she, she told me, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Did your mama tell you that? One time I said something wrong, and she showed me she really meant it. Sakate, that's what my family used to say. Sakate, my. I don't even know what that means. When I heard that word, I started. <laughs> Taking negative words out of your mouth. Don't worry about the addition. Consider the subtraction for right now. Stop talking negative. Stop speaking about negative things because you'll stop from magnifying them. Uh, let me read this point. Living in praise. Oops. Sorry. Oh, and I touched it one time, didn't even know it. Living in praise is a matter of speaking opposite of your troubles or problems. Living in praise is a matter of speaking what God says rather than what your circumstance is saying or people are saying. Okay? That's what the Lord gave me. When you're constantly talking about your problems, you magnify them in your mind. You don't actually make them bigger, but they're bigger in your mind. That's what happens. Uh, you can take a small thing, you can take a small thing, let me get a little bit of, little bit of branding there. You can take a small thing, when it's at this distance, I can see all of you. But when you magnify and keep on talking about it, you can get so close, I can hardly see beyond the problem. Because as you speak, you magnify and bring it closer. That's all you think about. You can't live life, you can't do what you need to do. But as you back away from it and speak opposite, it becomes smaller. God becomes bigger. God doesn't block your vision. God gives you better vision. Right? Go ahead. You can clap your hands. That's all good. So on the flip side, praise does not make God bigger. Right? Praise does not make God bigger. Praise in your life makes God available, recognizable, involved. Here's what the scripture says, Psalms 34, 1 through 4. It's the psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away. He departed because he was in a battle. And the song that David wrote concerning that circumstance, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Read this with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Turn, next, turn to somebody and tell them, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Because I'm going to tell you, for husbands and wives that are here, the best thing that can happen in your marriage is that you both agree to magnify the Lord together. That's right, an agreement. Don't become unbalanced. 
If one of you believe and the other one doubts, still speak faith into their life and tell them, honey, everything's going to be okay. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together because he's going to come through. He's going to come through. Turn to your partner and tell him he's going to come through. He's going to come through. Turn to your friend and tell him he is going to see us through. He's faithful. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. In other words, I, here I was worried about this, and I was worrying for nothing. They say worry is like a rocking chair. You know, you get to sit in it, you move all the time, but it gets you nowhere. You know? Fear looks around. Worry looks around, doubt looks down, but faith looks up. This is what it does. When you begin to magnify him, you open up something in your life and it'll release a flow for God to work. A lot of the analogies and examples I use up here have a similarity to them, but it works from a different perspective. I want to show you something really quick. Here, here's what I'm saying to you. This is where most people live. When God first comes into your life, it's through action. The first barrier that God has to go through is your body because it takes action. It takes a response. So as God begins to come in to your life, this is the area that he's flowing through. God comes here, and he stops right here. Because your body and your spirit has accepted it, and everything has made it, now that God has gotten to this place where he's, he's at the soul, the soul is being touched. The spirit's being touched. The spirit's been filled. The body is just there. But the mind has full control. The mind has full control. And if you look in this place, when you allow your negative thoughts and you allow yourself to speak, to speak about your problems and about your present circumstances, if you're constantly saying, I'm so tired, uh, let me give you an example of what it means to keep the valve closed. You're in debt. You got another bill that came up. You had a tire blowout. The engine has a problem. And you say, this is my luck. This is my life. This always happens to me. What you are doing is magnifying the problem and you're blocking your view from seeing God move in your life. And you're keeping the valve shut and you cannot release anything. Most of you don't need to go on a food fast. You need to go on a word fast. And we talked about doing this maybe in January. No sugar, no bread, no words. That's it. The right words. 
and it doesn't change instantly. But what will begin to happen, if you allow yourself, ignore what you're feeling in your body, go by what you know you're feeling in your spirit, and allow your soul not to be swayed by your emotions, your will, and start allowing your mind to think the right things, you'll start to feel a little something go by. And it won't happen overnight, folks, but you'll start getting a drip. It will happen. And you think, you want to know the power of a drip? Is your restroom close to your bedroom and you heard a drip from your faucet and it bothers you? A drip can keep you up all night long. Well, can I, can, I, can I just tell you this? How do you think a drip from your spirit is affecting hell? Irritating. Irritating. Oh, that drip. Mm. Try to tie some floss around that thing, let it go straight down to the drain. You've seen some of that YouTube channel, right? Hacks for drips. Oh, my God, it's annoying. I can't even do it. Last night when I was sleeping, it was about 12 o'clock. I was trying to enjoy myself, just relaxing a little bit, meditating, and I heard this bark outside from a dog. It's a little, she must have been a chihuahua. That was our dog? Okay, I just, my daughter just told me that was our dog. You should have never told me that right now because I want to I ask some questions, but I'm going to... We'll talk about it after church. Kept me up all night. <laughs> but can you imagine what happens when your spirit begins to speak? Your spirit begins to speak the things of God. Some people don't even want to hear it. They ignore it. They don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear, okay, I got to start changing things and turning things around, and they never want change. Folks, listen, listen, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know how you are. I don't know, you know, I just know what God's telling me today. The church is so used to magnifying problems instead of magnifying him, and if they'll change that, this will begin to happen. Things will begin to change, and then they'll start to see something begin to flow that really matters in their life, and they'll fill everything up if they'll just allow God to move. And this is where, I'm telling you right now, I am telling you that this is where your cup will be full, and you start living life in the overflow. life in the overflow. Didn't David said, he said this in Psalms, my cup runneth over. How? He learned the secret of praise. Even in his problems, he magnified the Lord. And where do you think God gets involved in your life? He starts getting involved through your thoughts. And then through your words, through your soul. Now, this may seem a little backwards because of the, the body and so forth, but, but this is how it looks like in the spirit because everything is meant to be open and closed. 
and you open up a little bit, something good happens in your life, praise God. Righty tighty lefty loosey, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm telling you, let, let, let a faucet run for a while and let something get clogged up in it. You, know, you understand what I'm telling you? Water damage is a big deal. Water damage is not a light issue. Water damage is major. It'll cause some major damage in your house. But can you imagine how you will damage hell by the overflow of praise in your life and everything will begin to turn around and instead of all these things happening and worried about bills, I'm going to tell you something, God will turn those things around and give you a blessing in your life that you can't even have. You don't even have enough room to conceive, folks, but it's going to begin with your praise. You have to start praising Him. You have to start praising God and getting your words in align with His words, getting your faith in align with His faith and things will turn around. This is why Jesus never, ever lost a battle. That's why no one could ever, ever come against him and stop him from fulfilling the will in his life, which is the will of his father, because he constantly said what his father said. Again, I'm going to repeat this. The words that I speak, he said, are not mine. They're not my own. They're my heavenly father who dwells inside of me. So he was just repeating everything that the spirit was saying to him. Do you remember what God told Joshua when he was going in to conquer the promised land? He said, if you want good success, he said, don't let the word depart from your mouth. Don't let my law depart from your mouth. Don't let my word and my instruction depart from your mouth. If you're going to overcome the enemy, and I'm going to tell you something, the enemy has some of your blessings in a barricade, and it belongs to you. Some of you are allowing hell to take your family captive, your finances captive, but I'm going to tell you what God told Joshua. If you won't let the word depart from your mouth and continually praise him, I promise you that you're going to see everything that was meant for you come back into your possession. What do you think happened on the walls of Jericho? What did the Lord tell them on that last day? Give a great big shout of praise. And that's what brought the walls down. Come on, somebody. Do you want the walls down in your life? Learn how to praise them. How do you do that, Pastor Bobby? First of all, get your Bible back out. Download the Bible app. I don't care how you get to the Word. Just get to it as fast as you can. I don't care if you read one verse a day. Get some flashcards. I don't care how you do it. Get it up here and start using it. Start speaking it. Start talking to him. Start talking to him every day because here's what happens. The power of prayer of God speaking straight to your spirit Praying in the Holy Ghost. If some of you haven't prayed in the Spirit in forever, I'm to tell you right now is the time to get renewed in that. If you haven't given your life to Jesus and haven't even taken the first step to make him the Lord of your life, today is the time to do that, to surrender your life. It begins with repentance and surrender and confession. But ultimately, God wants to bring a mighty river. He wants to bring something that's going to overflow in your life. And the tongue is connected to the heart. And as soon as your heart gets realigned with him, then what comes out of your mouth will be praise.
mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.